Hello and welcome to the Smart Cities World podcast. This episode brought to you in conjunction with Cloudera and IBM Storage. I'm Luke Antonio, Senior Editor at Smart Cities World and your host for the next 20 minutes or so. I am joined today by a special guest from Cloudera to talk 5G data and connectivity and what innovation in this space means for telcos and their customers in cities. Anthony Bean. Managing Director for Communications, Media and Entertainment at Cloudera. Welcome along. Oh, thanks a million, Luke. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. Um, so before we get going, it would be great just to get an intro from you for our listeners uh, into what that role really means for, for you at Cloudera. Sure. Um, so, you know, Cloudera is all about data and 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 my role is focused on the telecommunications industry and, and it's... Uh, you know, in some parts of the world, it's our biggest industry. It's certainly our second biggest industry globally, at least. Um, uh, so it's um, it's a really important part of the the overall Cloudera business. Um, it's a disproportionate part of the Cloudera business. I think if you if you look at the the data, the big data market or the the, the, the cloud data market worldwide, um, the, uh, the Cloudera's portion of that, that that's allocated to telecommunications is actually significant in excess of that. So, you know, while there's about, you know, eight, nine percent of the entire market worldwide is in telecommunications for cloud air, it's about 15 to 20 percent. So uh, I think that speaks to a particular um, relevance for the industry with cloud air. And uh, it's an industry we have a long association with. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I want to talk about with you today is is five G, and that's that's you know, obviously a technology that's really underpinning some of the most significant kind of innovations that we're seeing for for cities and and telcos. Um, you know, five G. We we've mentioned this before in, in a previous conversation. You know, it's not a consumer technology, despite yeah um, several messages to the contrary. Probably, you know, <laughs> from your from your perspective you know 5g as a as a kind of industrial enterprise type solution you know where do you think in terms of industry sectors we're, we're going to see the the most significant impact um I, I it's a so i think 5g is there's a there's a tendency in the industry to think of 5g well you know when we had 4g and we had 3g and it's just another g you know and to some degree it, that's true right uh, it, it, it's faster Right. Uh, so you got more bandwidth, you got lower latency, you've got better coverage and that's good. And so from a consumer perspective, sure, you know, 5G is going to be better than 4G in certain respects. Um, but the standard that we've achieved uh, at this stage in terms of of um, uh, of telecommunications networking in a wireless context is 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 such that for the applications that we use for watching your Netflix and your high definition video and all that sort of stuff, you get a four a good four G connection as a consumer, you're done, right? You're you're fine. You know you'll be able to do pretty much everything that you you can do, um, and you don't really need five G. But like you said, five G isn't really about the consumer. Five G is really about the enterprise. What five G gives you in telecommunications terms is a pervasive, immersive connectivity experience. And the kinds of applications that are going to need that are data intensive, um, uh, vehicular applications, um, applications that require uh, a whole host of applications to be of sub applications to be running at the network edge for decisions to be made in real time, processing massive volumes of information, running AI analytical workloads close to the point at which the data is being collected and so on. 
um, and those are um, machine intensive environments okay and 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 so clearly things like manufacturing environments are going to benefit from that sort of thing but the city is clearly a fantastic theater for um, the potential of 5g to really unfold uh, so I, I think I think that's where we're going to see massive uh, massive applications yeah for sure uh, it's slightly future gazing I guess but what do you think some of those applications are going to look like for cities if we think about some of the infrastructure that 5g is going to support and in some cases is already supporting um, uh, and then looking at applications like mobility connected and autonomous vehicles which you've mentioned already where do you think we're going to see the biggest differences in those urban environments yeah i think um if you look at the volumes of data that are being thrown off by cars at this stage it, it's just phenomenal um, a lot of the um the processing in connected cars is currently being done in those cars um and, and that's quite restrictive uh, in, in, in many circumstances. If you're trying to do some stuff around, um, you know, context mapping, if you want to understand a, a car relative to its surroundings and other cars, for example, it, it, um, and, and, and other machines. And when we think about connected cars, of course, we don't just talk about your Teslas, right? Think about your buses and your trucks and your delivery vehicles and your ambulances and all of those other vehicles that are on the road. Uh, that need to be uh, that, that are part of an integrated service delivery chain for something else, right? It's not just about transport. It's about healthcare delivery, or it's about logistics and supply chain. It's about retail. Um, so all of these things are are are, are connected. Um, but the 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 kind of cap capabilities that five G has this this kind of immersive, pervasive connectivity um, will allow you to uh, to understand. Um, all of that data in super fast time, um, in real time, and and to execute the applications that you need to um, uh, in flight, right? And so when you think about things like safety applications and security applications, um, when you think about um, uh, uh, real-time applications that are dependent on um, a confluence of events that happens at a particular moment, uh, to take advantage of that particular um, event, right? In order to to optimize traffic, you can't be waiting for you know fifteen minute batch uploads in order to optimize traffic congestion, for example. Um, you've got to be able to react to things that happen in real time. Um, similarly, to integrate different services, where you've got um, uh, you know city services like 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 waste management or trash and things like that. Um, to be able to coordinate that sort of thing, um, to optimize truck routes, uh, you know, around areas of congestion or direct them towards areas where um, collection is, 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 um, is overdue or, you know, is, is, is necessary because of a particular event that's just happened or something like that. You know, being able to do that intelligent, smart routing of services <clears throat> um, is, is something that begins to become really possible. Uh, with a with a with a five G level of connectivity, so th there are some of the things that I think are going to be uh, are going to be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And like you say, it's not just the speed; it's the reliability and secure and robust nature of a five G connectivity that that really enables those things. The speed is only one element of it. Um, you know, what what benefits does that does that really bring? To, to city services when you consider that for the first time this kind of wireless connectivity is 
probably going to be reliable for critical communications. I think, you know, when, I mean, you said it before, it's a little bit sort of future gazing, but uh, the current paradigm for the connected car, and again, let's not just think about the Teslas, but think about the, the broader um, range of, of, of machines that, um, that operate on, on, on the roads and so on. Um, the current paradigm is such that the car is a self-contained thing that's connected to the internet. Uh, and so it does a whole bunch of stuff in the car with an enormous amount of data um, uh, and understands the context of things. So, so things like emergency braking and all that sort of stuff, right? There's a, there's a whole bunch of sensors and cameras and so on that are sitting on the car that can perceive things that are happening around them. Um, and that's got a limited, uh, it's got an extensive, but nevertheless limited set of, of, of capabilities that you can explore. And it's got, it does have limitations, right? So we've seen incidents where um, automated cars have have been, you know, or cars operating in autonomous mode and um, of, of, of to one degree or another have actually failed just because they don't understand the, sur the, the surrounding environment well enough. What 5G begins to open up is the possibility that no longer are you thinking about the car and its instruments, but the car in relation to its environment and other intelligent devices in the vicinity. So you've got a network that's sitting above the car, connecting the car to the road, to the traffic infrastructure, to the other vehicles that are there, <clears throat> so that these vehicles begin talking to one another, begin to have an understanding of the context within which each of them is, is, is moving. And you're no longer dependent on the sensors within one device about its surrounding environment, but you're, you're actually monitoring um, an ecosystem of, of devices and objects that are um, moving about. Um, and, and then suddenly the safety and, and, um, and security applications and performance applications um, begin to unfurl. And, uh, you know, that future is, 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 is really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And I think what we, you know, what we're talking about is in the not too distant future going beyond that next level of connectivity and into further applications for automation based on this technology. Um, you know, from your perspective, how how are these technologies going to enable that kind of automation of not only services, but different systems in cities? And do you think that has potential when you consider that kind of top layer uh, sitting above the, the vehicles and the, I suppose, um, data collection devices themselves? Does that lead to the potential for the removal of kind of human decision making? Yeah, and it's not just the removal of human decision making, but the optimization of service delivery itself. And 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 I think all of this is dependent on on data, um, massive amounts of data distributed around uh, um, an environment, um, let's say a city environment, um, uh, that are being thrown off by all sorts of connected devices that are connected to the internet to one another. <clears throat> um, and, and, and that data then being processed um, as close to the production, the point of production of the data as, as possible in order to, to ensure maximum efficiency in the data processing itself. Um, so, so, the, the, um, so once you have all of that data in place, that gives you a sense not only for what's happening right now, 
but it gives you a historical view as to how the environment behaves under various different circumstances. And the city becomes, um, uh, or the, the context, the city in this case, becomes um, a, a great big university, right? It's a data university. It's a learning environment because it begins to learn about how the city um, lives and breathes and operates uh, and all of the things within that city. And, and that learning gets fed into um, automation models. Um, so you're picking up all of this data, you know, from your cars and from your traffic, from your machines, from your buildings, from your people, from your retail stores, from all sorts of different things that go into making up a city, um, from all of these different services. You're picking up all of that information. Um, you're learning about it. And then you're feeding those learnings into these AI models that, 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 that power the automation. That automation in turn drives better performance out of your um out of out of your service delivery infrastructure um however that might manifest itself and so and and you know it's about it's about humans working with the machines and humans working with this infrastructure um that delivers exceptional service because you're never going to take people out of this whole thing right? i mean you're never going to have sort of a, a lights out city i mean cities are cities are all about lights aren't they i mean so you have to have so so and and they're all about people right so so you, you know you're going to have people working with these machines who are able to make better decisions who are able to deliver enhanced services who are going to be able to deliver more services to you know wider groups within the city you're going to be able to address um, uh, service and resource inequality in cities because of these kinds of machines and these the, these kinds of applications um, that'll mean a lot you know I mean you can really start to see how for example public transport can begin to become far more, uh, pervasive um, across the city and more accessible to, to everybody in the city. Uh, um, so, you know, those kinds of things just make for better living, um, uh, better living conditions and better cir circumstances in the city. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when we have these conversations, ultimately that's the end goal is to enable solutions that provide better living conditions and produce more livable conditions in in mm. our city centers and urban environments yeah. um at the moment you know so much of that and so much of the innovation that's contributing to that is all centered around as you say around the data and what those receiving the data are able to garner from it and see into it so what i want to come to next is really yours and cloudera's role in in that data analysis and how your work is helping to support those applications for for telcos and then as an extension of that their end users in, in cities as well yeah i so i mean clarier is a data platform but you know we talk about edge to ai and i think that's really important that you know you're not just talking about facilitating the collection storage of data um and sharing of that data you're also talking about um you know, like I was saying earlier on, distributing workloads, distributing um, the applications processing as close to the point of collecting the data as possible. So pushing um, applications out to the edge, pushing uh, um, analytics out to the edge, pushing storage out to the edge as well. Very, very important. Um, uh, and and um, and and 
optimizing your distribution of performance and storage across the uh, across the data spectrum, um, and then all the way through to um, through to your applications, which are really really important. So your AI applications, visualizations, your business process integration, right? So how how are you going to actually inject the value and the insights from this data? Into the operation, into, into the operations of the city, and so the Cloudera data platform allows you to do all of that. And we do it in a hybrid cloud environment. So, um, one of the key, you know, there there are a lot of sort of um, non-financial objectives around data processing and AI and smart cities and so on. So, one of them is privacy, for example, um, uh, and privacy is really important. It's important that we protect consumer privacy and citizen privacy. Um, and in order to do that, um, we need to be compliant with the law, um, but we also need to um, we need to have structures and governance in place that allows us to have auditability and transparency and so on and so forth. So having that governance layer um, across the different um, silos of information uh, that we have across the different clouds um, is, 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 is really, really important. Um, so, um, uh, so I mean, within Cloudera, you know, I don't want to go too in, too much into the product, but the, the shared data experience component that we have allows you to manage across the multiple clouds, uh, and then to expose that data in an appropriate way uh, to the different consumers of that data, so to the applications and to the to the systems and people and machines that actually need access to the data. Um, so, all of that from edge to AI, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. One of the questions I had jotted down was what comes next for data analysis really here and how do we get there and what is the technology that, that really underpins it? But I suppose phrased a different way, I guess it would be um, why is it AI and what comes next in terms of artificial intelligence and machine learning in this space? I think the big thing about AI is... You know, I, I think I mentioned AI governance already. I think we need to start having a conversation about our goals and what we want AI to achieve. Um, ultimately, and we did touch on this earlier, we want cities to be easier to live in. We want cities to be better to live in. We want them to be nicer places, right? Whatever that means to us, right? It means that we have better access to resources or they're easier to get about in or you know, whatever, whatever those metrics happen to be. We want them to be safer and more secure and so on. Um, so, so um, you know, as as AI matures, you know, the paradigm itself is is at a high level fairly well established, right? These are learning machines. They're going to understand the environment within which they're operating, and they're going to allow us to um, to make smarter decisions. They're going to make decisions on our behalf based on our instruction. But I think where we have to mature is our, like I said, our approach to goal setting. Um, our um, instructions to the machines, right? So, so as city managers, we're going to need to be thinking about, well, you know, how do we balance, um, you know, the cost of services versus climate objectives, for example, right? Um, you know, uh, and those kinds of decisions will, uh, will, 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 will bound our goal setting. Um, uh, and they're, they're political decisions, they're social decisions, they're, 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 they're things that city managers need to make. Um, so, um, so I think that that's probably the most important area that we need to work on now. Um, you know, we're pretty much past the point of, 
you know, what we started calling 10 years ago, big data, right? And, you know, we know how to take in lots of data. We know how to store lots of data. We know how to analyze lots of data. We know how to build reports. My goodness, we've got resort reports coming out our ears. So we have all of these reports, but um, so, so, so we're beyond actually understanding the data or having the data. Um, now what we've got to do is to really put the data to work for us. Right. And to, to, to think not just how we can use data to automate what we used to do, but to actually begin to think differently about what our objectives are in this instance, in the build, in, in the in the running of a city. And rather than design the running of the city around the limitations of what humans are able to do, begin to rethink how cities should work, given that we now have access to this extraordinary technology. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the heart of the matter isn't it is that data driven decision making and setting kpis and objectives for city halls and offices of city mayors to be able to actually set realistic but stringent and strict goals and objectives to to try and meet and all of that underpinned by innovation and technology, because it's, it's a case of weighing up, I suppose, the livability of a city yeah. Yeah. against um, the technology that's that's going to get us there. Mm. And sharing the information too, Luke, right? I mean, that's that's also really important, right? So citizens can participate in all of this. And cities, in fairness, have been one of the best uh organizational categories i guess you can't really call cities industries can you <laughs> well cities have been one of the, the 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 best um actors in terms of data transparency in the world right their commitment to open data is is very very strong i mean most cities in the world now will give you access to all sorts of things like traffic information and so on and, and through open data platforms um, just having the data available is 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 a good start. Um, but you know, with AI and so on, um, we need to go beyond that. And and so that's going to be you know bringing people in, bringing people in to the city, uh, to the city processes, uh, bringing people in to the uh, to the development of advanced technolo- technological systems to manage the, the running of the city is going to be really important. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't couldn't agree more. And you know, I. That's that's what I love so much about covering smart cities is that cross section of of support where cities engage with their citizens and communities to to get buy in on this kind of on on these kinds of applications and really make those cities better for the long term in terms of sustainability and, and resilience as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think I've probably taken up enough of your time for, uh, for for this afternoon, but thank you very much indeed for, for taking the time out to come and speak to us. I very much appreciate it. Um, I always take a lot from from these sorts of conversations, but I'm sure that that will be the case for our, our listeners as well. So thank you very much indeed. Not at all. It's been great. And uh, and thanks as well go to all of our listeners for this uh, on this episode. Um, plus, obviously, Cloudera and IBM Storage for their support of this episode. If you are looking to find out more, then head to cloudera.com. But for now, and until next time, take care.